happen to uh, come on to this live, go ahead and feel free to put a prayer request in the comments. We're going to talk about uh, a couple different things today just to really challenge some people's perspective. And what I hope is, you know, that people just study the Bible, you know, for themselves. Seek God, study the word uh, for yourself. All right. So give me a second to get set up and we will dive right in. You can grab your Bibles. Um, and we will go. Does God create and think evil? You love the lamb, but what about the lion? Now, we know that the Bible says to study, to show yourself approved, right? Many people, they are going to immediately see this and they're going to say, oh, no, God doesn't do evil. He doesn't think evil. He doesn't create evil. That's there's no way that's impossible. That's not God. And why is that? Because a lot of people, they have an idea of God. They have an idea of Jesus, you know, in their mind. Right. And so they think of Jesus a certain way. They to some people, Jesus is just like this hippie playing the guitar, you know, and he just he loves, loves, loves all the time. And he doesn't judge nobody. That's where you get that. You know, who who are you to judge me? You know, kind of mentality. Then some people, they often mix their personality in with God. And so if they're a mean person, God is just mean all the time. And he's smacking people down, you know, uh, with the hammer. So let's just dive into what the Bible says. Isaiah 45 and 7. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all things. Now, what some people are going to do as well, you got to look at the Greek. You got to look at the, the Hebrew meaning for the word evil. All right. Let's be honest. A lot of people didn't even know this verse was in the Bible. All right. Isaiah 45, 7. I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Now, if people want to argue about the definition of that word evil, that's fine. Let's keep going. Jeremiah 18, 8. We're going to explain it in a minute. If the nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, talking about Israel, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do unto them. So he says, if Israel repents and they turn away from their evil, I, God, will repent of the evil that I thought. So God's saying, I was thinking about doing evil to them, right? First Samuel 16, 14. But the spirit of the Lord departed from Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. So the spirit of God leaves Saul and an evil spirit from the Lord. So the Lord sent an evil spirit to go and trouble Saul. All right. Colossians 1, 16 through 20. For by him were all things created that are in heaven and that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones or dominions, principalities or powers. Now notice it doesn't say whether they be good thrones, good dominions, uh, Holy Ghost uh, power. No, it says all. It says everything visible and invisible, thrones, dominions, principalities, powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he is before all things and by him all things consist. So remember, the Bible says that God looked to his left and he looked to his right and he saw none beside him. Beside him, It was just God all by himself. So then he proceeds to create everything. And there is nothing that exists outside of God. 
everything that exists is inside of him because he's outside of everything. Do you understand? So he says he's before all things and by all by him, all things consist. Well, what does that mean? All things consist by him. All things are held together by him. All things are allowed to be allowed to exist, right? I give you an example. There's people who are evil that God allows to wake up in the morning and they still are breathing. He gave them breath. They didn't wake themselves up. So all things consist by him. All things are allowed by him. And so people say, well, you know, why does God allow evil things to happen? Well, because of the evil, we know his goodness. He put us here to make a difference, filled us with his spirit to give us power to combat this evil, to make a difference. You know, the Bible talks about taking care of the widows and things like that. That's true religion. He put us on this earth to make a difference and to have dominion and authority against all evil. So through evil, through wickedness, his goodness, his mercy and his love is shown. But let's go back and explore, you know, and these are just some of the verses that I read. He says, now you take Colossians, right? So Colossians pretty much shows you he's created everything. Then you go back to Isaiah 45, 7. He says, I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. Well, did not God create the devil? Right? Well, you say, well, he wasn't the devil when God created him. Well, did not God create us with free will? And is he not Alpha and Omega? So he's from the beginning to the end and he knows all things. See, this is why. God says what? My ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts and lean not to your own understanding. You know, one of the biggest reasons we have a problem uh, in Christianity, we have division in Christianity because everybody tries to act like they completely understand God and they have the brand on God. When the Bible clearly says great is the mystery of godliness. Anybody who thinks that they know everything about God and they just completely get God and they understand God, they are absolutely false. They're absolutely wrong. There's no way to know everything about God. The Bible says he's a jealous God. So this is why you have to have balance. God is not the kind of God where he's going around smacking people down every time they make a mistake and condemning people. But he's also not the kind of God where it's just love, love, love all the time. There's no correction. There's no accountability. A lot of people, they love the lamb. But do you love the lion? We love the lamb. Jesus died for my sins. But what about the Jesus that is coming to throw people in hell? Now, people get mad about that. They say, he's not throwing nobody in hell. He's literally going to throw people in hell. He has the keys to death, hell, and the grave. He took the keys when he died. So this same God, right? We love God. For God so loved the world that he sent his only begotten son. What about the God that flooded the earth? What about the God that killed everybody? What about the God that said, look, I'm, I'm not going to flood the earth anymore, but I'm coming with fire. Do you really love God or do we just love parts of God? Do we like the parts of God that are beneficial? We like the parts of God that that feel good to us. We like we love the God that blesses us. But do you love the God that corrects us? 
We love the God that, that gives us life, that gives us breath. We love going to church. We love the fellowship. But what about the part where it says, take up your cross? What about the part that it says, die to flesh? What about the part where it says, he who endures to the end shall be saved? What about the part where he said, you know what? Um, depart from where he's going to say, they're going to say, Lord, Lord, I did this in your name. He's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. A lot of people like to pick and choose with God like he's some kind of buffet. Well, I like this about God, but I don't like this about God. He's going to say, depart from me. I never knew you. Why? Because you know what? You liked my blessings. You like the life that I give you. You like that I sent my son to die for you. Okay. But you didn't like my correction. Jesus said, you're my disciple if you continue in my word. And here's the problem. And I said this the other day. Maybe God doesn't want you to be you. And I'm going to post this a separate video. I was downtown, but think about this for a second. People just, oh, come as you are. And I, this is just the way that I am. No, because there's a power that transforms you. Maybe God doesn't want you to be you. Maybe some of the things that you've learned, some of the things that you do is based on trauma, based on religion, based on tradition, based on your hurts. And so it ain't no do you, baby. God is like, no, I don't want you to do you. I want you to take up your cross and die. So, so when he tells you that, do you still love him? Yes, that's exactly right, brother. God chastises those that belong to him. Rejoice when you get corrected. It's just, now, if you're not getting corrected and you're just out there, la-di-da, doing whatever you want, man, that's a dangerous place to be in. But when God corrects you, it's not to condemn you. It's because he loves you. So now do I receive that correction? Do I change the way that I talk, change the way that I respond, change the way that, that I feel if my emotions and my feelings are not lining up with the things of God? Let's go back. All right. That was that was the first verse that we read. Uh, Isaiah 45, 7, for those of you who are coming in late, I form the light and create darkness. I make peace and create evil. I, the Lord, do all these things. Jeremiah 18, 8, if that nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, listen to what God is saying right here. People don't see some people. They don't know God. They think they know God. They know of God. They know some scriptures, but pe people be surprised, right? Because I guarantee you just off the title alone, you're going to see people when we post this video, they're not even going to watch the video. They're going to say, no, no, God doesn't think evil. God doesn't do evil. God doesn't have nothing to do with that because they don't know their Bible, right? Check this out. He says, if the nation against whom I have pronounced turn from their evil, I will repent of the evil that I thought to do them. So he says, when you turn away from your evil, then I'll turn away from the evil that I was about to do. I was about to burn your whole city and kill all your men, all your women, and all your children. I was about to put all of you into captivity and let these evil things happen to you. I was going to let people come in and, and they were going to do things to your wife, do things to your daughters, do things to your children if you don't turn away from your evil. So then here's a question. Think about this. Maybe there's some evil things that are happening and bad things that are happening to you because you haven't turned away from your evil. So God is allowing it. Now, for those of you who are coming in late and who want to argue, let's go back to the Bible, right? God sent an evil spirit from the Lord to Saul, right? The spirit of the Lord, 1 Samuel 16, 14, departed from Saul and then an evil spirit from the Lord troubled him. Maybe there's things that are happening in your life that you feel is evil, that you feel is horrible. And the Lord is saying, hey, if you would just turn away, if you would just turn away. 
Now, somebody just said, hey, that's Old Testament, Marcus, but it's part of God's character. It's part of who he is, right? And so in the New Testament, let's go to the New Testament. Is he not coming to judge? Is he not coming to throw people in hellfire for eternity? Is he not coming to tell people, depart from me? I never knew you. I don't care if you preach. I don't care if you prophesy. I don't care how many times you went to church. I don't care if you sing. Does the Bible not say that? That's New Testament. But when preachers preach like this, well, I don't want to go to that church no more. Because what? I want to go to a church where they let me do what I want to do, move how I want to move. But how is that God? If Jesus says, take up your cross and follow me. All right. This verse has been stuck in my heart for a uh, couple of um, weeks now. Jesus said to be my disciple, you continue in my word. Right. And so the Bible says to study to show yourself approved. You can't base your Christianity off your mama, your daddy, the church that you've been going to your whole life, the denomination, which denominations are nowhere in the Bible. You got to study the Bible for yourself. And I guarantee you what you're going to find when you begin to study the Bible, there's things that are going to change about the way you think. There's things that are going to be changed about the way you see yourself, the way that you see other people, the way that you see your church, the way that you see your past. The Bible says we go from faith to faith. We got to read line upon line, precept upon precept. So anybody who reads the Bible, you're going to be forever learning. You're always going to learn something. You're going to learn something about God that you never knew, right? Think about this. God has feelings and emotions. The Bible says he is a jealous God. He's a jealous God. Maybe, maybe if you read the Bible, then this isn't something that you can just say, oh, that's not true. Maybe because God is a jealous God and you keep dating people that he told you not to date, you keep getting involved in things that he told you not to get involved in. You refuse to spend time with him. You refuse to, um, you know, surrender to him. Maybe he's allowing certain things to happen in your life to get your attention, not because he's mean, but because he knows what it's going to take to get your attention and get you to come cry out to the altar. Think about that. So sometimes you're sitting there and you say, oh my goodness, the devil is just acting up in my life. But maybe like Saul, God sent an evil spirit or he sent some trials and tribulations your way or he allowed some things to happen in your life to get you to where you need to be, like Joseph, like David. But see, people don't like that side of God. They think it's all blessings and gummy bear Christianity. And so because they don't understand God, when somebody really comes with truth, they can't receive it. Maybe there are bad things that are happening in your life because God is trying to get your attention and he's trying to get you to a place where you need to be, where, you know what, if I allow this to happen, you're going to pray more, you're going to fast more, you're going to study your word. Because guess what? When things are smooth selling and things are going good, you don't pray, you don't acknowledge me, you don't study, you don't go to church. But every time, Israel, things get bad, now we want to repent. Look at it, let's go back. All these verses in Jeremiah and Samuel, Isaiah, the prophets were doing what? What did the, what did the prophets do? Matter of fact, let's talk about that for a second. The prophets dealt with Israel about how they lived in the covenant. The prophets would bring accusations against Israel. You're guilty of doing X, Y, and Z. 
right? That's the first thing that they would do. The second thing they would do is they would warn Israel to repent. Then the third thing that they would do is if Israel did not repent, they said, here's going to be the consequences of breaking the covenant, which of course had something to do with the future. That doesn't really sound like the prophets we have today. The prophets today are telling everybody, you're going to get a new car. You're going to go to the nations. You're going to be blessed forever. That's what, that's what they're saying today. But what did the prophets in the Bible do? If you actually go read, you know, the couple of books that were by the prophets, right? All about the prophets. They came to Israel and they said, Hey, they made an accusation. You're worshiping idol gods. You're doing things that God is not pleased with. Repent. If you don't repent, there are going to be consequences that are going to happen in the future for you breaking this covenant. That is what a prophet was in the Bible, not this stuff that we're seeing now. So most people, when they think prophet, they think fortune teller. But that's not biblical. How often were the prophets in the Bible predicting the future as opposed to calling people to repentance? Think about that for a second. I'm, I'm going to sit on that one for a second. Because I'm telling you guys, God is not pleased with the stuff that is going on in church. And it's not going to be popular, but somebody has to speak up and say it. When people think prophet today, they think of somebody who can read my address, somebody who could tell me something about the future. No, the prophet was someone that went to God, was in tune with God, spoke with God, even like Moses directly face to face. God would tell them something and then they would go to Israel and they would say, hey, look at what happened with David. Look at what happened with David. He went to him and he made an accusation. He said, you did this, this and this, but David repented. That's what the prophets were doing. I believe the Bible says that John the Baptist was the greatest of all the prophets, right? And what was he doing? Repent for the kingdom of God is at hand. That's that's what John the Baptist was doing. He wasn't, hey, you're going to get a new car. Hey, you're going to get this. Man, we te we teaching good today. <laughs> so let's go back. Colossians 1 6 for by him were all things created. This is what I tell people. I, I saw some people some people get mad when I said this the other day. The Bible is like a puzzle, right? Now, you might have a piece of the puzzle. But the more that you read, it's like the puzzle begins to create a picture where you see more clearly, right? So if I take this verse in Colossians, that for by him, all things were created that are in heaven, that are in earth, visible and invisible, whether they be thrones, dominions, principalities, or powers, all things were created by him and for him. And he's before all things and by him, all things consist, right? So we talked, talked about that a little bit earlier. God created everything. So imagine this, I'm in this room. I've got cameras, I've got lights, I've got bags, I've got pictures, I've got desks. God was before all of that. None of this stuff existed before God. He, he was there by himself, then he, he spoke, and now he's, he's, you know, he's in all things, he's uh, through all things, he's everywhere at all times, because why? He created it, right? If I couple that with the fact that he's Alpha and Omega, that right there should humble you. Right? Because why would God, if he's Alpha and Omega, and he's, 
This is how big our God is. He sits outside of time. Listen to that. Before God, there was no concept of time. There was no TikTok. There was no day and night. Our God is so great that he created time. He created day. He created night. And so he exists out of time and where he sits is an eternity. That's something that we can't comprehend. So the God who sits in eternity, he's, look, put it this way. Time is from A to Z, right? So everything in between me is time. Time has a beginning and time is going to have an end. God created that. He sits outside of that. Watch where I'm going with this. This is about to bless you. This is why he is qualified to say all things work together for the good of them that love him and are called according to his purpose because he sits outside of time. So he sees your life from A to B. He sits outside of it over here. And he says, I've seen everything from every possible angle. And I'm here to tell you that it's going to work out for your good. Come on, somebody say amen. If you believe that. He says, look, let's go back to the verse that I read. He says, I create evil. I create good. I create all things. So everything that is created, he created, and it exists in between what? This time and this space. And he sits outside of it. You wonder, well, God, why would you allow those things to exist from this place to this place? That's where we get in trouble. You hear me? That's where we get in trouble. When people start trying to figure out God. God, you created time and space. You put a tree in the garden. If you're Alpha and Omega and you're beginning and end, why would you let Eve eat from the fruit? Why would you even put the tree there? Why do you create evil? Why do you allow wicked people who are plotting wicked things to wake up in the morning and kill people and do things like that. He says, my ways are not your ways. See, do we like, that's the question. Do we like this side of God? Do we love this side of God where he does things that you just don't understand, but you have to trust him. Trust him when you can't trace him. Trust him when it doesn't make sense. Trust him when you think he's making the wrong decision. Jesus says, let this cup pass from me. Let this cup pass from me. But nevertheless, your will be done. See, that's the kind of, that's the kind of way we got to be. You know what, Lord? I didn't really want to forgive this person. I really didn't want to go to this place. I really didn't want to endure. I really didn't want to do this. But nevertheless, because I trust you, because I trust that you sit outside of time and space, because I know that you were in control of everything, all things, bad, good, evil, principalities, powers, you've created all things. Nothing can happen outside of you. That means nothing can happen to me that you don't allow to happen to me. Because of that, I surrender to your will. I surrender completely to your will. That's real faith. Not this gummy bear Christianity where I surrender when you prophesy nice things to me. I surrender when, you know, we go to church and, you know, we have our little concert and then it feels good and I get goosebumps. No, God is saying, I want you to surrender when you don't understand. 
I want I want you to surrender when uh it doesn't feel good. Yes, I get what you're saying, right? You can go and say, oh, look up the Greek meaning of the word evil. It doesn't change the fact that God created everything. Evil did not create itself. You see what I'm saying? So that's what I said from the very beginning. That point is irrelevant. The Bible says he sent an evil spirit to torment Saul. He allows the chaos. He, he allowed Satan to touch Job and evil things happened to Job. Evil things happened to Jesus. They beat him all night. Wicked men got pleasure out of doing evil things to Jesus and God allowed it, which we go back to Colossians. Nothing exists or happens without God allowing it. See, so when you really get that revelation, you're going to move different. If, if you really believe uh, what I'm telling you guys, and you allow this revelation to get in your mind, like the Bible says, let this mind be in you. This is why David and Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, they understood this revelation. Yes, I'm going to shut Goliath up. Why are we sitting here and allowing Goliath to talk? I don't care how big Goliath is. I don't care how intimidating Goliath is. Greater is he that is inside me than he that is in the world. Why? Oh my goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost. Listen to this. Type amen if you understand what I'm about to say right now. Greater is he that is inside of me than he that is in the world. Why? Ooh, he that is in the world. Satan is constricted. He's refined. He doesn't exist outside of all time and space like our God does. So he says, greater is he that is in me than he that is in the world because the one that is in the world is confined to the world, but the one who created the world sits outside of the world and that's why he's greater. And that spirit of God is in me. So no, I'm not scared of Goliath. I'm not scared of Goliath. I'm not scared to be thrown in the fire. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, and, and David, they had a mindset. You know what? God is the creator of all things. There's nothing that can happen to me that God doesn't allow. Now, we can, we can take this many different Bible verses, right? Because what does the Bible say? Obviously, if you agree that we're living in the end times, go ahead and uh, say amen. Watch this, right? Let's take, let's take this very familiar passage of scripture, especially if you're on this channel, second Timothy three, this know also that in the last days, perilous times shall come. These perilous times can't come unless God allows it. Right. Then it goes through this whole list of all the wicked and evil things that people are going to be doing. Right. It talks about all this stuff that people are going to do. It can't happen unless God allows it. It says they're false accusers, incontent, fierce, despisers of those who are good. They have a form of godliness, but deny the power thereof from such turn away. God put us here to make a difference. That's what you got to understand. David knew I'm here to make a difference. And the God who is bigger than everything is backing me up, right? Matthew 24, 7, for nation shall rise against nation. Can't happen unless God allows it. And kingdom against kingdom. And there shall be famines. Can't happen unless God allows it. Notice that in the Bible, right? Most people think of a famine as a bad thing. 
God allowed a famine to happen to get Joseph's brothers to come to Egypt where they needed to be, which set the whole stage for the Bible, but it happened through a famine. God allowed Joseph to go through betrayal, to be thrown in the pit, to go through all kinds of evil stuff to get to where he needed to be. So sometimes it's not the devil, right? So there should be famines, pestilence, and earthquakes in diverse places, pestilences, viruses. God allows all these things. So here's the crazy thing, right? If I understand that the devil really has no power, the devil really is just a manipulator. He's come to kill, steal, and destroy, and deceive. And I really believe that God has all power, that God is always in control. Then I can simply put my life in his hands and whatever happens to me, I'm content. That's why David said, you know what? I'll step to Goliath. I'll fight Goliath. Why? Because God is in control. That's why Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego said, look, even if he doesn't deliver us from this fire, we're cool with that because he's God. He knows what's best. So let me ask you that. Do you love God when he does what he thinks is best, but you don't think it was what was best? Maybe you lost a loved one. Maybe you've got family that's in the hospital, things that happened that you didn't understand. Do you still worship God the same way as when things are good? Think about that. Some people only worship and they only praise when things are going good. Philippians 4, 11. Not that I speak in respect of what I want, for I have learned. Remember what we said. Study to show yourself approved. Not my mama taught me, not my daddy taught me. I have learned. In whatsoever state I am, therewith to be content. Why? Why in whatever state am I in that I can be content? Why in whatever year that I'm in, whatever trial that I'm in, whatever storm I'm in, why can I be content? Because I know that God is in control. In 2019, in 2020, in 2021, in 2022, God is in control. And when you really believe that, Jesus, when he was with Peter, Peter said, Lord, if that's you, if I know that's you, I'm going to step off this boat. If you really know that you know that you know that you know, I know who God is. It doesn't matter what people say. It doesn't matter what people do. It doesn't matter what I go through. It doesn't matter what my feelings are telling me. It doesn't matter what my emotions are telling me. It doesn't matter what religion is telling me. It doesn't matter what my past is telling me. It doesn't matter what my friends are telling me. It doesn't matter what the world is telling me. It doesn't matter what the news is telling me. When I know that I know who my God is and I know that he exists outside of time and space and I know that he created everything that exists all things all principalities all powers all things were created by him for him consist by him then i can trust him and i don't have to apologize for trusting him i don't have to apologize for walking in the promise i don't have to apologize for taking everything that god says i can have i don't have to apologize for enjoying the things that god has blessed me with bless me with i don't have to apologize for being fired up for king jesus because of what he's done for me he's died for me He's blessed me. 
I'm filled with his spirit. I don't have to turn down. I don't have to water down. Why? Because I know who my God is. I can praise him on my good days or on my bad days. I can worship him when I'm feeling down, when I'm feeling low, or when I'm on the mountaintop. And guess what, guys? You know the the most intimate worship? So I said, that, let me say this. Let me go back to hitting this point, right? I said, God is a jealous God. A lot of people, they don't think about it like that. They say, oh, he's, you know, he's a loving God, but God is a jealous God. This means, ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. This means that he has feelings and he has emotions. Now, he's not petty with these feelings and emotions. He doesn't just act off these feelings and emotions. Remember, he said, if you turn away, let me read it again because people be coming in late, you know, that I want you to know this is in the Bible. He says, if the nation against whom I have pronounced Israel turn from their evil, then I will repent to mean that means to turn away. So he says, if you turn from your evil, I'm going to turn away from my evil. Most people, they don't think about God like that. So that's letting you know that God has feelings and emotions. So watch this. When you're really intimate with God and you understand that he has feelings and he has emotions, then you understand why God gives certain people favor because God says, you know what? Everything that tried to destroy you, but you kept loving on me and you kept being faithful and you kept praising me. And because of that, I'm going to bless you. That made God feel good. You see what I'm saying? People don't think about God like that. It's a relationship. You know, if, if, if you don't talk to your, if you're a husband and you don't talk to your wife, you don't compliment your wife, you don't love your wife, you just ignore her all day, every day, she's going to get in her feelings. If God has feelings, what does that say? Because we are created in his image. You see what I'm saying? Think about that for a second. How about you focus on this teaching and stop focusing on that? I see your comment. <laughs> Think about that. So the Bible talks about him being a good father, longing to do things for his children because he does have feelings. He does have emotions. He does say, hey, I thought to do evil to you, but I'm not going to do evil to you. What's up, brother Daniel? Love you, man of God. So if somebody is moving in a way, David was a man after God's own heart. David understood this. If I'm doing everything, ah, for the Holy Ghost, if I know that he said, he said, created me a right spirit, right? Take this heart of clay. If I know that I'm presenting myself to God, like present your body a living sacrifice. These are the, the sacrifices of praise. If I'm doing that, and my God that sits outside of time and space, remember Colossians, all things exist by him. If he sees me and he's watching me and he knows every battle and every tear and he's seeing how I respond, he has feelings and he's going to say, I like that. Peter, I like that you stepped off the boat, even though it didn't make sense. It made me feel good that you trust me. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, it made me feel good that you trusted me when they were threatening you to put you in the fire. David, it makes me feel good that you trust me enough that you'll step out against evil with no armor on, right? And you trust that I'm going to back you up. And that's where you see the supernatural. The Bible says carnal people cannot receive the things of the spirit. These things that I'm showing you, like I said, at the beginning of the video, people are going to read the title, go back and come look at these comments in about an hour. They're not going to.
watch the video, they're going to just say, no, God doesn't think evil. He doesn't create evil because people have made a fake God in their mind that is not the true God, right? He's supposed to be the potter. We're supposed to be the clay. I preached on Sunday at Firehouse. He said, Jeremiah, get up and go down to the potter's house. Why did he want Jeremiah to go down to the potter's house? Because the potter is working that wheel. And so when I go down to the potter's house, when I get into the presence of God, I begin to see the way that God moves. I begin to get to know how he operates. I begin to understand him on, a, on an intimate level, but I've got to get up. Jeremiah had to get up and go down to the potter's house, okay? And so when I begin to see how he moves, then I know how to flow and then I understand him and the problem is you have people that think they know God and they've got big mouths and they don't know God they're not in the flow of how he moves they're not in the flow of how his spirit operates and because they're carnal the Bible says they cannot receive the things of the spirit and so even you're gonna see people even though I gave Bible to back up what I'm saying they're going to reject it and the Bible says what if you love not the truth God will send you a strong delusion come on somebody let's read these verses one more time study to show yourself approved isaiah 45 7 i form the light and create darkness i make peace and create evil i the lord do all these things so one of the brothers said well if you look at the word because people get in their feelings about the word evil they said well if you look at the greek it means war well war is evil horrible things happen during war people have, have raped women and killed children during war so it's the same thing jeremiah 18 8 and the nation against whom i pronounce turn from their evil i will repent of the evil that i thought to do unto them first samuel 16 14 but the spirit of the lord departed from saul and an evil spirit from the lord troubled him him. And then we read Colossians. Now go back to this. I'm going I'm, to I'm mess with some of y'all theology. If you agree with this, say amen. God is Alpha and Omega. He created all things. He knows all things. There's nothing that he doesn't know. If you agree, say amen. Watch this. I'm going to mess with you real quick. If you agree, say amen. God knows all things. He's Alpha and Omega. He sits outside of time because he created time so there's nothing that god doesn't know and there's not a place that he wasn't right so he's everywhere at all times right now watch this if that's the case why create the garden and put evil in it why put the snake in it remember he sent an evil spirit to saul why put this why not just let adam and eve be in in the garden chilling why not just make us robots? Why why put even put a tree in the garden to let them eat from? God, why would you do that? God didn't ask Adam and Eve to understand him. He asked them to trust him. Eve, trust. Trust me, don't eat from the fruit. She didn't have to understand all she had to do was believe. That is the, oh, I feel the Holy Ghost so strong. That is the problem with a lot of people. They try to understand God, and that's why they can't receive the things of the Spirit. Oh, my goodness, I feel the Holy Ghost. Eve didn't have to understand God to trust him. And when she tried to step into that place of trying to understand, she ate the fruit. Oh, 
There is a way that seemeth right to a man, but the end of that way is what? Destruction, death. God, I don't have to understand you to trust you. Don't lean to your own understanding. So the way that God has set things up, he says, my ways, it's almost like he's flexing on us. He says, my ways are not your ways. My thoughts are not your thoughts. All I need you to do is trust me. I don't need your religion. I don't need none of that. All I need you to do is trust me. You don't have to trust why I do what I do. You don't, or you don't have to understand why I do what I do. You don't have to understand how I move the way that I do. Just trust me. And when you do that, God has feelings and he has emotions. Peter, I like that you went against common sense and you stepped off the boat. David, I like that you went against common sense, okay? And you went to step to fight Goliath. Shadrach, Meshach, Abednego, I like that you went against common sense and you didn't bow down to the mandates and you got thrown in the fire. Uh, Daniel, I like that you went against common sense and you went against the mandates of the government, okay? And you got thrown in the lion's den. He says, I like that. And because I like that, I'm gonna bless you David because I like that I'm gonna give you favor come on somebody please drop the scriptures again let me just copy and paste it from my notepad and I will put it right here in these comments on YouTube and I'll make sure to post it in the description oh man it's it's too long <laughs> give me a second but you see where I'm going with this right he creates all things he knows all things his ways are not our ways I think the biggest way we get in trouble and it goes back to Eve is when we start trying to understand God Jesus in the garden he said let this cup pass for me but nevertheless your will be done I'm going to post it in the description, guys. It's, it's too long, the verses. I'll read it to you again, though. Paul, another example. Take this thorn from my side. God, please. Why am I going through this? God, please. I'm so sick of this marriage. God, please. I'm, I'm so sick of being poor. God, but God, please. Why? 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 I just, I just don't understand. Could you take the thorn? He said, no, my grace is sufficient for you. You don't have to understand why there's a thorn in your side. You just need to trust me. Come on, somebody. Do you feel what I'm saying? Does anybody feel the Holy Spirit? I need you to testify. I'm preaching to myself right now. You don't have to understand why I allow people to mock you and why I allow people to do this and do that I just need you to trust me here's the crazy thing this is a this is another verse I want to read to you guys that it really just every time I read it it just makes me feel so good watch this I like to read it verbatim <laughs> Jeremiah 29 11 for I know the plans that I have for you. Now, we know this because we read all these verses, right? He created everything. He's in all places at all times. He's Alpha and Omega beginning. And that's why he's qualified to say all things work together for the good of them that love him and are called according to his purpose. But look at this. For I know the thoughts that I think towards you, said the Lord, thoughts of peace and not of evil to give you an expected end. Let that digest. Go and get, go and get your steak knife real quick and just, just cut that up and chew up in that real quick. You have an expected end with God. Do you hear me? You have an expected end. There's a place that when God looks at you, it's an expected end because he's already standing at the end. And just like with the prodigal son, he's standing there waiting with his arms open. 
And the devil is trying to do everything that he can to get you from walking down the path you need to walk to, to get to that expected end. It's expected. Watch. Can I really, can I really get deep? <laughs> so when Jesus comes and he dies on the cross and he says, it is finished. Why is he saying it is finished? Because he lined up with the father's will the expected end. I'm doing this to get you to an expected end. I'm doing this to get you to a place where I'm telling you it's finished. It's done. All you need to do is believe. Ooh, I feel the Holy Ghost. Let me, let me give you another one. <laughs> I could preach on this. All I don't, I want to teach, but I can mess around and preach right now. Romans 4, 17. As it is written, I have made thee a father of many nations before whom he believed, even God who quickeneth the dead and calleth those things which be not as though they were. Think about that. He says, I call the things that are not as though they were. Why? Because I'm alpha and omega. I created everything. I sit outside of time and space. So the devil is telling you you're broke. I'm telling you you're blessed. The devil is telling you you're bound. I'm telling you you're free. I'm telling you you're delivered. I'm telling you you're going to preach. I'm telling you you're going to teach. I'm telling you you're going to be promoted. I'm telling you you're going to be married. I'm telling you you're going to love again. I'm telling you I'm going to bring you to a place where the past don't hurt no more. So God is calling the things that or not it might not be right now but israel i'm sending moses and even though it sounds crazy i'm telling you you're not going to be a slave you're going to go from being a slave to a son a slave to a daughter and even though the whips are still coming down on your back there is a time that is coming if you just believe now look you didn't just go straight to the promised land. I took you through the wilderness. I took you through the Red Sea. But while you're going through this process, remember, I'm Alpha and Omega. I created time and space. I sit outside of time and space. God said in his word, I look to my left. I look to my right. There was none by beside me. I'm here all by myself. So everything that is created, I made it. I made the evil. I made the good. I made the bad. All things consist by me. I allow these things to happen. I allowed there to be a wilderness. I allowed there to be a I allowed there to be a Red Sea and I will bring you through all of these things that I've allowed. I will bring you through being divorced. I will bring you through molestation. I will bring you through addiction. I will bring you through whatever it is that you need to be brought through because there is nothing that I have brought you to that I'm not in charge of. There's nothing that you can face. I don't care if it's Goliath. I don't care if it's a mountain. The Bible says if you have the faith as a mustard seed, you can look at the mountain and be removed. Faith in what? Faith in God. God, you may this mountain you can smash this mountain god you created satan you can smash satan god you allowed these viruses and sicknesses and diseases you're in charge of it can't nothing happen to me that god doesn't allow god is never sitting in heaven confused like oh my goodness look at 2019 look at 2020 look at 2021 what he's looking for oh my goodness i feel the holy ghost kicking in let me get oh <laughs> the earth Watch this. <laughs> like, I got to read it verbatim. The creation, Romans 8, 19, waits in eager expectation for the children of God to be revealed. 
He says, I've allowed all this stuff and the earth, the earth is waiting. Where are the sons of God? Where are the daughters of God? Where are the ones that are going to move in power? Where are the ones that are going to move in authority? Where are the Elijahs for all of these Jezebels? Where are the Davids for all of these Goliaths? Where are the Moseses for all of these Pharaohs? Jesus, oh my goodness, I feel the fire kicking in right now. Where are the prophets that are going to correct these hard-headed children? Where are the men and the woman of God that are going to stand up? I don't care what's going on in the world. The earth is groaning saying, man of God, stand up. Woman of God, stand up. Remember, we read from Jeremiah. He said, Jeremiah, get up, stand up, arise, and go down to the potter's house. The potter's house represents God's presence. The potter's house represents the house of God. The potter's house represents getting in the word of God because when Jeremiah went to the potter's house, he saw how God was shaping the clay. So we present ourselves like clay when we open up the Bible and we read it and we say, shape the clay of my mind, shape the clay of my heart. But some of us are so hard and so stone stiff neck. That's right. Amen. Stiff neck that we can't learn. We can't grow we can't be molded. We think that we know it all and we're so full of ourselves that there's no room for God to pour anything else. We're loyal to tradition. We're loyal to religion. We're loyal to a denomination and God is trying to take the church higher as a whole, but we don't want to let go. Some of you need to go back down to the potter's house. Get up. Move yourself out of what you think you know. Move yourself out of what you think you understand. Move yourself out of your tradition and your religion and go back down to the potter's house and fall on your face like clay and say, God, shape me, make me, mold me, build me, transform my mind. If there's anything that you don't like, if there's anything that is wrong, change it. Why? So that I can rise up and be everything that God has called me to be. Come on, somebody, man. If you feel the Holy Spirit, I need somebody to just testify, say amen. Matter of fact, I'm going to pray for you guys because I feel the Holy Spirit so strong. Whatever you need from God, I want you to go ahead and begin to put it in the prayer request. And, and you know what? If, if you're on this live, I, I would wonder if you would just join me in prayer because we said it, right? God is everywhere at all times. He's here with me in this room, and I know he's there with you guys. And you know what? Jesus said, if I be lifted up, I'll draw all men unto me. You know what? He says, "If uh, let me give you another recipe real quick, right? The reason we praise God the way that we do, and this is just a side note, right? This is a bonus little lesson for you. Some of you are depressed. Some of you are heavy. The Bible says he inhabits the praises of his people, right? So when I praise, you know, people say when the praises go up, the blessings come down. No, when the praises go up, his presence comes down. He inhabits the praises of his people, right? And the Bible says in his presence, there's fullness of joy, right? The Bible says his train fills the temple. So when I praise him, he inhabits the praises of his people. When his presence comes in, there's fullness of joy and the joy of the Lord is my strength. So when I praise him and he comes in, there's fullness of joy. And now I feel strong. Go down to the potter's house. If I feel heavy, if I feel discouraged, if I feel off track, I get in his presence and I let him renew my mind. I let him touch. And then I get joy. Then I get peace that passes all understanding. But it only comes, okay, from getting in his presence. Put your prayer request in the comments. I believe that God is going to heal some people right now. And if he heals you, I want you to come back to the video and testify. Don't lie. Don't make stuff up. Just tell the truth.
If you feel God healing you, even if you feel God giving you emotional healing throughout this video or, or while we begin to pray, I want you to go ahead and testify in the comment. If you feel the spirit of God, if you just got filled with the Holy Ghost on this live and start speaking in tongues, go ahead and testify because the Bible says we overcome by the word of our testimony. Sometimes people need to hear your testimony. Don't let the devil punk you out of telling your testimony. There's people that are watching you. Paul says we are sermons written in the flesh. That You're preaching a message every day to people, whether you realize it or not. Every day, just the way that you move, there's people that are reading you the way that we read the Bible. So right now, Father, in the name of Jesus, I want to thank you for every soul that is on this live. I want to thank you for every family, every marriage that is represented on this live. These are your children. We are living in crazy times. But the reality is we know that you're in control. We know that you allow everything. We know that nothing in this world happens, Father, without you allowing it. So help us, Father, to trust you when we don't understand and help us to have that revelation that we don't have to understand you to trust you. Help us to move in power. Father, I rebuke every lying voice of the enemy that is trying to tell these people that they will always be a slave, that they will never overcome, that they will never be victorious, that they will never overcome the past, never overcome their addiction, never overcome the trials, tests, and storms, that things are always going to be the way that they are right now. I rebuke that in the name of Jesus. He whom the Son has set free is free indeed. Let freedom begin to hit their mind. Let freedom begin to hit their heart. Let freedom begin to hit their soul. I break every generational curse. Father, there are people that are praying with me all over the world right now in faith. And to some people that might seem silly. There are people in Africa. There are people in Australia. There's people all over America on this live right now. And they are praying to you. Yes, Lord, that's me. Increase my faith. Yes, Lord. I want to trust you when I don't understand you. Yes, Lord, that's me. I need a healing. I need a breakthrough in my marriage. I need a breakthrough in my mind. I need a breakthrough in my emotions. Yes, that's me that Pastor Marcus was talking about. I don't want to walk according to my feelings. I don't want to walk according to my emotions. I want to walk by faith and not by sight. Lord, there are people right now that are even in their hospital bed watching this video and they're believing that you can heal them. And just like Shadrach and Meshach and Abednego, Father, they're saying, even if he doesn't heal me, I'm still going to praise him. Even if he doesn't heal my loved one, I'm going to still keep going. Even if he doesn't deliver me out the fire, I'm going to praise him in the fire. And so, God, we ask that those who are moving in that kind of faith, you bless them and you heal them. Why? So that they can have a testimony that will encourage other people that are going through it. Lord, not, not to, for man to be lifted up, but that you could be lifted up. Give people a testimony. I got healed from cancer. I got healed from uh, the virus. I got healed from mental illness. Whatever it is, Father, that they can shout it from the mountaintop and declare he's still a healer. He's still a provider. He's still a way maker. He's still a protector. In Jesus' name. Man, if you guys, you know, you felt that, Say amen. I feel it, man. I'm about to go into some worship. Um, hey, go look at the videos at the new building. We've all, we're man, they're tearing it up in there. If you want to partner with us, go to www.marcusrogersministries.org. Pray about it. Ask God about it. I don't get on here and beg people. Ask God, hey, is he a real man of God? Should I help him out? Should I assist him? And whatever God tells you to do, you do that, okay? I love you guys. I appreciate you guys. Um, thank you for the prayers here. Honest, transparent moment. 
I want you guys to pray for me. One of the areas that I struggle with, um, I want unity so bad in the body of Christ. I'm the kind of person you don't have to agree with me. I still love you. We can still have church together. We can still worship God together. But sometimes I just get a little discouraged, you know, with some of the things that I see. And, um, you know, so just pray for me about that. I do get in my feelings about some of the things that I see sometimes in the body. But it is what it is. You know, God is still going to be glorified no matter what. We're going to keep on going in Jesus' name. All right. I really appreciate you guys being on this live with me. Uh, you guys know the algorithms are all messed up. So every time you guys share these videos, that helps me. Every time you put a comment, that helps. Um, you don't have to. Oh, yeah. You don't have to donate. Just go stream the music. Go buy a book through the fire to be on fire. All of that stuff is going straight into the building. Okay. Love you guys. Um, uh, pray for me this week as I go to Dallas, Texas and get ready to speak.